hard objects. Right. You could just, I mean, you just literally, you could treat them like a, like a dish when you're like washing them. Yeah, no, that would, that would scare the shit out of me. It did me to, at like, first. To like wash my record. It did at first. And then once I realized it was not dangerous at all, it was, it's a good way to do it. That sounds like the kind of thing that I would, you know, I would look on YouTube for a... Oh, I totally did. For a how-to video, but the There's whole like time... hundreds of them. I would still be terrified that one was like a prank. And <laughs> somebody's be like, then you use motor oil. And you gotta rub it in there real good with a wire brush. People use wood glue. What? Wood glue. Oh, and then peel, peel it off. off. Yeah. And it pulls all the like yep. dirt and shit. I haven't oh. tried that yet. Oh, yeah, see that... That just scares the shit out of me. My dad's got hundreds, hundreds of records, hundreds of vinyl in right. his den. And uh, and he doesn't really, he plays, the, he has a place where he plays them upstairs, but he doesn't really play them anymore like he used to when he was DJing. So he would like, as a party DJ, not like at a radio station, but um, he's got so many, and he, ha he always had these like cleaning tips, you know, like I have the little spray bottle of water. Right. So he's like, oh, yeah, you know, if the needle gets dirty, you just spray the record, and then you play it, and it's fine. I'm like, and it still terrifies me every time. I bring the spray bottle down, and I'm, go I'm like, I'm going to ruin everything. The record's going to melt <laughs> like the Wicked Witch. My my record player's going to short out. But it's like a it's like a fine mist. It's not really that big a deal. Nah, they're, uh, they're way more durable than people give them credit for. You just can't... Uh... Try not to get your fingerprints on them, and try not to scratch them up with, like, you know, try not to drop them. Right. And try not to, like, really jack them up with the needle, you know. All right, welcome to the third episode of Melomaniacs Podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm Mike, and this is Sean, and um, we're chilling in the sound cave, listening to music, and getting ready to talk about music. Already talking about music. Talking about being terrified to clean my vinyl. Having some coffee, listening to Joni Mitchell, Court and Spark. Yeah. Because we know that Mike's uh, significant other is a huge Joni Mitchell fan, so this was a dedication to her. Aww. <laughs> nice. I am also a gigantic Joni Mitchell fan. As I say, you just got me a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was aiming for. <laughs> yeah. Since I'm taking you for the evening. Yeah, yeah. No, she's... um. My uh, my partner's a big fan, but she's she's also like a sleeper, fucking awesome singer too. So yeah, I need to start incorporating her voice into some of my own songs. But this kind of stuff is like her cup of tea. Somebody who's got like a unique voice or a unique style of singing, just a little bit. Like she loves Ani DeFranco. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all about Joni Mitchell. So and it's not it's not just that, but. She's got a special place in her heart, and it's like all this kind of stuff is like right in her range. So she walks around and sings it, and it's like feels good. So she has really good range. <laughs> she does. She does actually. She can get up there. Yeah. Joni Mitchell's uh, really kind of like the benchmark for all. I mean, I want it would be sexist of me to say female singer songwriters because. I mean, I would put her up against any male any day of the week. Yeah, like, yeah. It really doesn't matter. Like, I have to watch myself when I say that <laughs> because I'm like, you know, because like, I think because I categorize things when it comes to music and it's, sure. it has nothing to do with 
gender really, but like it just comes out that way, I think. Right, and I think that's normal. I think so much of of like music appreciation and 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 writing is like it it falls into categories and it gets it gets, you know, set into genres, but but it's true. Talent like she she is one of the best songwriters I think of all time. Easily. She's up there in my in my pantheon with like Otis Redding, Dylan. Dylan Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you a pass on that one. I no, like but... Rivers Cuomo, but I find him to be severely overrated. He's no, he's super. I'm just kidding. He writes uh good breakup songs, which we can talk about later, but yeah, that's on the agenda. Um but yeah, I think that Joni Joni Mitchell and I never really listened to her until I met Mel. So right. um I knew a, I knew a lot of her songs just by association. And Carol King is another artist that's like yeah. Oh, I know that song, I know that song. And then there's all these songs that she wrote that are famous and it's like Oh yeah, Carol King was prolific. prolific. As yeah. Hell. Yeah. So I I love I love that. I think I'm biased because I write music that, you know, when I find an artist who writes their own stuff and it's, or if they like record it or produce it or have any sort of, you know, involvement in, in that area of it, I'm drawn to them like a like a bug light. Because I want to hear that like it, there's less people involved. There's less, there's less chefs in the kitchen when somebody's like, I thought of the song. I wrote it. I wrote all the parts. I meant, you know, sometimes it it's one note or it's one flavor. See Rivers Cuomo. Mm-hmm. But like if you... <laughs> Three chords. When, <laughs> when it's somebody that's like involved on almost every level, um, that's that's pretty awesome when they can when they can write it and they can perform it and then they can also record it or produce it. But singer-songwriters will always be uh, more more important, more epic, more interesting to me. I shouldn't say important, more interesting than um, just like a performer. She's, um, Joni Mitchell's a badass. Like, so she, I mean, back in that era, I mean, women weren't treated the same way in music the way they are now. Um, And she was like, she came up as one of the pioneers of, you know, female singer-songwriters that had to be extra, they had to be even better to get noticed than men. And she held her own with the best of them. I mean, she hung out with all the big names. I mean, she used to go and tour with Bob Dylan all the time. And, like, you've, if you've ever seen, like, documentaries and videos on her, like, she's, like, just one of those cool-ass chicks that, like, everybody wants to hang out with. <laughs> that like, seems you know, like, you know, like, you had those girls, like, where they were just, like, they could party with the guys and they could take a, a ball busting and do just as many drugs and drink any guy under the table. Like that was Joni Mitchell and she uh, held her own. I mean, she, and she has some of the most incredible quotes on like how the way she perceives things um, because she's an artist. Right. If you know that, you know, like as she got older, she actually became, um, I don't know if it was, it was um, painting and then she got really into uh, clay and then she, I mean, like that was a big part. Like she took a break from oh, music. Yeah. No, I didn't actually to I become actually an actual. That. Like she is a legit artist, like huh. painter. She's a badass. Uh, there's really no other, no two ways about it. I like. Is, it, is uh, she somebody you've been listening to for a while? Like is she like one yeah. of your mom's? Yeah, 
artist. So like it was like basically like the soundtrack to my childhood <laughs> was uh, a lot of Joni Mitchell nice. and Joan Armitrading, um, who's my other favorite from that era uh, that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I might have heard something, but I don't. I don't know any of her work. All right, so that excites me <laughs> because I actually have two really good vinyl pressings of Joan Armitrading's best albums. Nice. Uh, I remember. I remember you posting. Uh, I remember seeing a picture um, uh, of something you were listening to, um, and I remember taking note of the name and being like, oh, "I should check that out." And then it just fell by the wayside. She's, she's gonna blow your mind. Um, just like ridiculous, totally different voice. Um, all original stuff, singer-songwriter, British, African-American, you know, African, British, whatever it is. I don't know, British, African, I don't know. But yeah. She's black. <laughs> You're right. Um, but she's <laughs> one of one of my favorite voices of all time, like male or female, um, in terms of her range and... Oh, that's um, awesome. And her live stuff on Spotify is like... Ugh. Oh, that's fucking cool. So Joni's gonna have to take a break. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. We'll we'll pause that. Um, so I mean I could get up and find the record, but for time it's probably easier if I just throw on something through Spotify. I will also say while you're finding it, I did see that the sound cave was rearranged again. There's there's either new equipment or older equipment that is now in place of certain other things. And things have been moved around, so I like that there's this constant there is. evolution. There's, there's and... always fluidity down here. <laughs> I'm always tinkering. Um, the reason why is because I was getting a hum, and like I was getting from the the turntable. Uh, any once I got to a certain level of of volume, mm-hmm. I was getting too much bass, and it was reverberating through that um, that chest that they're on there. Uh huh. And I really love that thing, but it's hollow on the inside because that was an old sure, re- yeah. that was an old record player. Yeah, so like I they, had one similar it, to this, and then they put speakers inside of it, so it actually has working speakers in those um, on either side there. But I don't have them hooked up. But it's so it's hollow, so then it, everything reverberates. Right. And I was getting the turntable was getting feedback, and as soon as I moved it up there, along with the phono preamp, it all went away. Nice. Um, because it was absolutely driving me bananas. I mean, it's not it's not where I would love to have it on that chest because it looks better. But um, you have to sacrifice for sound. Yeah, when the needle's that sensitive. And it's all you know, and it's only when I'm you know running turntable. And I find so much anymore since I figured out how to stream everything via Wi-Fi, no longer Bluetooth. It's like a whole other world. I mean, you can get incredible sound just with you know spotify or title going through that chromecast audio right um and then i've also delved into um they're called raspberry pies so it's basically a it's a computer that you put together it's like a 35 dollars computer so it's a computer board inside of that I bought a case for it. It's like the size of a pedal or, or another, you know, headphone amp or something. Yeah. And it all it is is a a cheap $35 circuit circuit board with USB outs. And then I put a, a special hat on it 
um, an audiophile hat that, that gets attached to the pins. And then I put a case on it. And it's and then it runs out through coax. Okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. instead of using USB, which is kind of shitty on those things, um, I converted it to a coax output. And then it runs from the DAC into that. Or no, that that's the source. This so the that source. that picks up. It's basically a mini computer that'll pick everything up, and it streams better than say your phone or like a laptop that's noisy. And it's got HDMI, so it's got a monitor output. Yeah, I so can hook can up this tiny it. little monitor to it. Oh my! If God. I wanted to, or I could hook it up to any monitor. Really, He's like the James Bond of sound. I love this. So it's uh, yeah, they're called Raspberry Pis. I bought two of them. <laughs> And I'm going to have one for down here and then one for upstairs because I think the sound is a little bit better than the Chromecast audios that oh, I bought three of. Jesus. <laughs> and you just got them, right? I just got them. The only thing but they is... they were an out-of-print item, right? So they're, yeah, they they're probably something those. good to have anyway. Yeah. They discontinued those. Out-of-print, like, like it's an album. Right. They discontinued the Chromecast audio, which is a shame because they're fantastic if anybody's looking to get into cheap a cheap way of... Um, streaming your music from where from from a source into an amplifier um, or a DAC, a digital analog converter. I think the Chromecast Audio is like dummy proof. Like you literally buy it. They're like now they're like fifty or sixty bucks on eBay used, mm-hmm. or some of them are open box sixty bucks, which they were originally sold for thirty five. So they're going up and up and up. Right, right. Um, but the sound that comes out of them is really good if you buy the special um, optical. It's a three and a half. RCA optical hybrid cable. So one end goes into the Chromecast and it, it terminates in an optical output. So it stays digital so that you can use whatever DAC you want. Right, right. Um, because the, the regular RCA analog <laughs> out on this it, on it sucks. Well, if the Raspberry Pis work out really well and you want to sell one of the Chromecasts, talk to me before you put it on eBay. Oh, I'll totally, yeah. <laughs> I'll totally give you one. There's, I probably won't need three of them. Um Yet there are still rooms in the I house. I still really speakers. like how they sound, though. I mean, because it's just a little bit glassier. I think for some reason the the Raspberry Pis are a little bit warmer sounding, um, which can be good and bad if mm-hmm. it's too much of a good thing. Uh, so that's like uh, her famous, her most famous song. Oh, sweet! Let's have to hook it up to. There we go. Bubbling. That's the Chromecast. I am not in love, but I'm open to persuasion. East or west, where's the best? That's the look everybody has the first time they hear Joan Armitrading when I play it down here. My buddy Sean did the same exact thing, <laughs> but I played I played the vinyl for him, and he was like blown away. Holy shit. But like I said, this digital version is almost as good. This is from the early 70s too? Yeah. Shit. I feel really awful that I've never heard of her. She's the greatest artist that nobody's ever heard of, unless you were from the 70s. Damn. She plays a killer guitar. 
Like, you don't hear it as much on this song, but right. when she jams she, out, still, if that's she can just jam her out. on the yeah. 12 string, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, she plays 12 string. Yeah. So well produced. Yeah. The guy who did this album, I forget his name, is like one of the best British producers. And her backing bands are always fantastic. Some of her live stuff is like, it'll stop your heart, dude. It's so good. Spotify has a ton of a ton of her live stuff. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh. Perfectly placed sax solo. That's hot. Yeah. Yeah, she's ridiculous. <clears throat> wow. I would love to sit here all night and just play Joan Armor Trading for you and watch your face because it's like it's priceless. No, that's good. I'm going to have to... God damn it. She's going to make you hate yourself. I've already spent so much money on new music and it's all welcome and worthwhile. That's what it's all about. But yeah, um, they, they just re-released this album on Intervention Records. So they're doing all these reissues of albums in 180 gram and then they're taken from the original triple a analog tapes um and this album i have and it literally i was like almost in tears the first time i played it upstairs like on the main system before it was like when i because i waited for it for like four months because right. of covid so i ordered it like right before covid in like february and i didn't get it until like last month and it was oh, like awesome. so like the anticipation was like ridiculous and it was it was worth every second and every penny that's great yeah no, I can't wait to check it all out. It's good. I love recommendations of old music. I always feel I always feel guilty that I never heard of it, but there's so much out there. So she can jam too. And like this is like a live performance. Nice. Kissing and a hugging. She has such a unique sound, like her voice. Well, she was doing the. Yeah, she, she was all over the, all the, over the oh. place. It was so good. My mom is, she's another one that my mom turned me, you know, we, all the time. Joan Baez, Joan, it was like all the Jones. Joan Armor Trading, Joni Mitchell. Um, but this album, I used to, I remember hearing it all the time. Down to Zero was the name of the song that my mom used to play all the time. Um, I have to play it for you later on vinyl. But it's uh, just, I, I could turn it on. It's one of those albums, and what she's one of those artists I can put on any time of day. Right, and it completely relaxes me and like puts me in a zone. Like, because a lot of times I get up in the morning while the kids are getting ready for school and stuff. Because I work from home, so it's like I come down here, I turn on the tubes, get everything warmed up, have my coffee, and I pick an album to just like a couple songs at least, or half a uh, one side maybe to like get me in the zone. And it's right. usually it's like jazz, it's like Coltrane or Davis or something like that. But she's one of those ones where I can put on in the morning and just completely like melt, and uh-huh. then and then the rest of my day, if I you know I say my prayers in the morning and like the rest of my day is like if I do it that way, 
my day is good. Nice. But if I if I miss any of those steps, I get caught up in like the minutia of like stupid shit and then let it bother me during the day. Whereas like I have to, it's like my it's like my meditation right in, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Which I have to do. <clears throat> yeah, well, and it, you, certainly meditation doesn't ever have to be in silence. No, mine is and, uh, is definitely and music. With music, it's a it's a huge factor. Yeah. Because I feel like it's connected to my idea of God or spirituality or whatever. Is I feel like music is is my higher power's way of like talking to me. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? it totally like, feels like a language. Yeah, but like beyond beyond trying to communicate what a what a song is or what lyrics mean. Right. Yeah. Even even writing it, it does. It feels like it flows from somewhere else and it kind of goes through you and then out into the ether. And it's sure. like. Yes, I got to create that thing. Or when you're listening to it and you're like, I am a part of the experience that was the whole the whole purpose. Right. Music's about, I mean, music at its way. core is about feeling something. I mean, it's like, what else are we doing it for? Right. I'm not, you know, I get caught up in the gear and, and the, you know, the pursuit of sound and all that bullshit. But at the core of it, I got into it because I just love what music does to my my brain and my body you right. know what I mean like how it makes me feel and that's that's what's awesome about music is it's a visceral experience yeah should be I, I I definitely assumed that the 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 search for the the right sound or the you know the the different nuances of sound was for you know to have that experience to be like I want it to sound this way when I'm feeling like this so I have this right set up at my disposal and I'm like okay now what I really need is this I need something that that feels this way so how where do I get the best bang for my buck to do that absolutely that's good yeah I think so much of so much of my listening um is in is in cans is just like in headphones um I don't really have a place where I feel comfortable or it feels right yet to sit and listen and be in the space with it. You know, instead I kind of just go inward with the headphones, which isn't necessarily bad, but I don't think that's the full experience. I don't think that's the full experience of really listening to music. So I kind of want to, I like, that's one of the things I really like about coming here and listening to stuff is it just feels like I feel alive in the space with the music rather than it's background noise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or or so deep into it with the headphones on mm-hmm. that I lose sight of where I am. Sure, in the space around yeah. me, and it's just you know, like I said, it can it can have benefits to be lost in it that way. But no, I really, it's good. I really want to like. I mean, I do like my headphones and my headphone amplifiers and all this stuff. You know, all the toys in my desktop, but I still don't get that same feeling that mm-hmm. I do when I hear something on a good set of speakers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, you hear more. It's just different. It's just different. So, is there anything that you... Is there anything that you're listening to now or something that you've gotten into recently that has a similar effect? Because it's... A lot of my music enjoyment is connected with nostalgia. So, you know, I have a lot lot of feelings when I play my grunge records and all that sort of stuff. But, like, is there anything... Yeah, you have to keep evolving like, yeah you can't just be like i don't want to ever be that guy that like you know like there's dudes that like still listen to like mmr and that's all they listen to like 
they're still listening to the same 25 classic rock songs like that are on a loop that have been played yeah for the past 10 years yeah well past 40 years past, true past 40 years. i mean like the, but in the every same day loop. like we would i'd be on the job site with my dad and my dad was cool enough where he would play xbn and the dudes would get so mad because they were like what is this shit I don't know this music. I don't want to hear anything new. I just want to know. Because I want Puddle of Mud three times a day every right. two and a half hours. Which, like, I make fun of. But then when you look at it from their perspective, it's like they're going there every day and they're doing It's just it's background music for them. Sure. And they want, that's they, they, want, zone. they want something comfortable and, like, yeah. familiar while they're doing their job. Do totally. you know what I mean? And now, like, for me, who's a, I'm more of a music person. Yeah, that's I'm like, not how you get down. I'm, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> For me, it's just like I don't even hear it because it's just like background noise because I'm so used to hearing the, that same shit over and over and over again. But I can relate. Like now I can relate. Back then I couldn't. But now right. I, you have a little bit more perspective when you get older and you're able to walk in other people's shoes a little bit because you're, when you're younger, you're so egocentric, self-centered. Right. It's all about you. Um, I mean, it still is all about me. But How did you know? I've gotten better about it. Um, no, so what I'm listening to now, uh, there's so much. I'm so excited because this is kind of like the fun part about new music. Yeah, right. Um, and then some of it's not really. So I was so when we were getting set up, we were talking about female songwriters and that uh, Melissa really likes mm. a certain type of voice and a certain type of music. Um, so this chick is uh, Angel Olsen. Okay. Um, forget where she's from i think she originally she's from i think tennessee but now she's in north or south carolina total throwback she's been around for 10 years now she's got 10 uh how many albums she have one two three she's got like six or seven albums dating back to 2010 or 12 okay and uh angel olsen angel olsen and i never really got and i feel bad she's like she's another one there's been a couple female songwriters that i didn't know about and they've been around a while um, I got introduced to her from my Spotify playlist. She kept popping up. This one song kept popping up. And I was like, that's really good. And then I would hear another song and I was like, oh, that's her too. So like she's had like multiple good albums and she has this voice that's like, I mean, if anybody alive now could be close to Patsy Cline, this, this woman is definitely, I mean, okay. she's right there. And she's so, like she's young, like she's been... She's probably 33 now. She's putting out albums since she was 23. Mm-hmm. But she has, she sounds like she's like got the pain of like a 50 year old. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. 50 year old grizzled yeah. barfly. Like, right. The life and the business have been kicking her ass for 40 years. Yeah. So, like, this is, I'm going to play like my favorite song of her right now just to like get an idea of like what she does. It's called Heart Shaped Face, and it's off of uh, the My Woman album from 2016. And it's definitely a throwback. Very simple, but once... Like, she'll make you cry in your beer. She holds those notes. Oh, there's already so much character in her voice. Oh, yeah. 
all of her music is breakup music too, so it kind of is apropos. Right. You have to. I just posted on Facebook Damn. a live version of this okay. on YouTube, and it's even better than this. I mean, if that's possible. I love that. I love that. Because her backing band in the video is like the the guy does a lot more with the guitar work, but like she just, I mean, she just belts. Oof. Kind of reminds me of Mazzy Star a little bit. Oh, God, yeah. There's some fade into you there. Yeah. Her voice is way better. Yeah. I mean, I love Hope Sandoval. I love Mazzy Star. But this chick's voice just dec- yeah, yeah. decimates her. <laughs> and then the layering. She's a really good engineer in the studio, too. Like She puts together music really well. Nice. Oh, right. Yeah, so she can do everything. I mean, this whole album, this album she put out last year was like album, one of the albums of the year. Um, it's called uh, All Mirrors from 2019. And a lot of synth work, but then a lot of like orchestra stuff. It's a way bigger sound than what she was. So she's evolving like her sound, which is the mark of a really good artist. Um, Angel. But this is uh, definitely a different sound, but she still has that voice. And it's like, somehow it works. Yeah, yeah, Kind of reminds me a little bit, this album with that sound reminds me a little bit of Amy Mann and, uh, like, Berlin, like, before she got, or Till Tuesday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You remember Amy Mann? I don't know. She did, uh, Till Tuesday was her first band, then she became a big singer-songwriter. Um, no. She did the Magnolia soundtrack. Uh, Amy Mann, dude, come on! <laughs> so good. We're gonna play this game every episode. You remember? No. Uh, so Till Tuesday had um, that song. Uh, shit! Now it's gonna escape me. I have too much too much music going through my head. Voices carry from the eighties. Yeah. an absolute classic oh yeah 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 very similar voice yeah totally yeah it's funny but the intro to this song could have been a lot of songs in the 80s but i recognize it now yeah so she's another one i could go off about amy mann's ridiculous yeah i don't think i Keep it down now. Any of my 80s people are singing along to this right now, dude. <laughs> it's got one of the greatest choruses of all time. Keep it down now. Voices carry. Yeah. Well, so much of my experience with 80s music is either was either hair metal coming from my brother's room or, you know, dance music coming from my sister's room. So I certainly heard this a lot 
when my father was out DJing weddings in the 80s. I used to go with him. Once I was like 11 or 12, I would go with him all the time just to help him set up the equipment. It always felt so good to like plug in speakers and inevitably he would always let me do a, like a blending part nice. where I had to blend two songs together and I would mess it up 50% of the time. Right. It was like every other, every other wedding. Fade I in, fade out. Fade something out wrong. But um, yes, no, I definitely know this now. She did, um... But I never knew her name. You know, that kind of stuff I didn't really start tracking or logging until I got into grunge and hip-hop. And So this was her later on in her career when she did the Magnolia soundtrack, which is what this is from. Okay. Fantastic soundtrack. I never saw that either, Oh, my God. So. Her voice got even better as she got older. is save me yeah her voice is like overdriven but it's very purposefully overdriven in the mix one of my favorite voices of all time she's so good writes really good lyrics too huh Wow. You're going to have so much to listen to today. I know. The, the, the episode is going to be my log of stuff, so that's why I'm not writing anything down. Right, there you go. Although I, I did start a, a draft text message to myself, yeah. which is where I just start putting artists down when I leave your place, and then I have yeah. the text message later. <clears throat> that's yeah, how Amy, I wound up with Black Pumas. Yes. Yeah, Amy Man is legit. Uh Super highly regarded in the, you know, singer-songwriter pantheon. Yeah, For obvious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can hear it. She's ridiculous. You have to see Magnolia. Such a good okay. movie. Such a good movie. I started. We, we started. possibly Tom Cruise is one of his best roles ever. That's what I got. We just didn't get to that one. We started doing a Thomas Cruise marathon. A little way, a little ways back in the quarantine, and then we ran out of quarantine. He so. plays a Tony Robbins type, oh god, sex guru like public right. speaker, and it's one of those movies. It's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, I believe. So it's like kind of like Crash, where like all the all the characters intermingle, mm-hmm. and then they all kind of come together at the end. But it's like it's so good it's long it's a long movie you have to be sure ready for it but well if it's got a good soundtrack i can sit there longer oh the soundtrack is and it plays you know through the whole movie is so good it's got um just tons of huge names besides tom cruise philip seymour hoffman plays a nurse um anything with him is automatically awesome oh yeah this is from the um you remember i am sam with sean penn where he plays the yes yeah yep the mentally handicapped guy and it was all Beatles music but it was all covers so this is Amy Mann doing a cover of, of Two of Us oh, which wow. is a fantastic Beatles song which you can automat- automatically tell from the first few chords it's a Beatles song it's like right. so perfect so simple genius McCartney that's such a McCartney song mm-hmm But it's a really good cover. Yeah, I have to say, with the, especially with the Beatles, 
It's like when you... You can put your own flavor on it, but when you stick pretty close to the to the original without going too crazy with extra instrumentation or effects or anything. But this is... Her oh, voice fits so with this perfectly. Yeah. yeah. The harmonizing. Yeah, I think this song got nominated for a Grammy. Because <laughs> this soundtrack, I think, won that year. But yeah, now we went off on an Amy Mann tangent. That's okay. I just added her to the list on my yeah. draft text message. Uh, I'm trying to think who else I've been listening to recently. That's. Uh, so I was talking to you about... Um, what's his name? Nathaniel Ratliff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think while we're on the female tip... Yeah, we can definitely stay here. This is a this is a welcome tangent. Uh, the female tip. What's her name? Sharon Van Etten. Another one who I discovered on that sounds familiar. Tiny Desk. Oh. She has uh, two Tiny Desk appearances, which is rare. A lot of artists don't do more than one, um, just because they don't ask many people back. Right. Um. But this is seventeen, which is like. Off of her new album, I mean, she's another one that's been been in the game for like ten over ten years, and I'm just picking up on her shit now. Right, Sharon Van. And she's actually on that new show on Netflix. Uh, not new now, but um, what's it called? Uh, the OA. It's like a sci-fi oh, okay. show. She's actually an actress in it because she's super hot. This sounds to me almost like an 80s Springsteen song. Sure. Yeah, yeah. She's another one. Unbelievable lyrics. And then... But when she belts it, at the very end of this song, she does this scream, and it's like... And she does it on YouTube, and I get goosebumps every time I watch it. Like, she just belts it out. Did you share this? Yeah. This is the the tiny desk one you shared? Long, black, shiny I hair, do, super I hot. I do remember this. Yeah, I remember this. But at the end, she just goes nuts. And, like, even, like, her bandmates yeah. are, like, like, they weren't <laughs> ready for it. But I've seen her do it on, uh, like, good. I've seen her do it on like three or four different other YouTube videos, and she does it like that's part of the song where she just screams, and it's so good because she's yeah. like, she's a really she good performer. All in it. Because when, earlier in her career, she was like this little wafy, like very timid. She did a lot. It was like very folky sound, and this album's more polished, produced sound. But you can see over the years, like she's completely evolved as a performer, and now she's so like self-assured and like just like. What's Th- this album called? This is, um... Hold on a second. Remind Me Tomorrow. Alright. Is the name of the album. Oh, okay. Remind Me Tomorrow. From 2019. That's awesome. But her... Her live stuff is what really drew me in. Her yeah. live well, acoustic stuff. This, uh, as soon as she started singing the chorus, I knew which which video you were talking about. Because yeah. this is the one that I I watched 
slack-jawed sitting at the computer. That is a really good performance. Yeah. Of it stripped down. Yeah. Which I kind of like better most Yeah, times. they're... They're my favorites. They're, they're, there's something really great that happens to music <laughs> tiny desk concerts. The sound engineers in there are like geniuses. Yeah. I've never heard one bad show on there. And they have challenges. There it is. Yeah, I'm glad she didn't stick with timid folk. It's really good, too. Sure. I mean, I've listened yeah. to a lot of her stuff. Yeah. She's got a, a fantastic voice. I think the guy from NB- NPR, Robin something, the guy who hosts... Who's the big head honcho of NPR, and she's like a darling of NPR. She's been on there two or three times. But uh, they did a live um, anniversary concert that I watched on YouTube. Okay. And they were they were laughing because I think he's gay, but like they were saying that like she's the only performer that he can't go to a concert and not like just start bawling crying because <laughs> she's so affecting live. Like yeah. that's how good yeah. she is live. And they showed him, like, in the crowd, like, trying to, like, you know, trying to hide the fact that she was singing. Like, he's just, like, losing his shit. <laughs> trying to hold it good. back. But that's, like, that goes back to the whole, you know, that's why we listen to music is to feel something. Like, if you get goosebumps from something, then you're, like, that's that's a visceral res- response to, you know, music. Yeah, I like I like that. Sonically, every like, everything in that song is just right oh, where it should be. Yeah, that whole it's album. really good is really really well done I'll definitely be looking for that one this is I think the other one that's popular for from her it's called Every Time the Sun Comes Up <clears throat> you get to hear her voice a little bit more Did she just say, I washed your dishes, but I shit in your bathroom? Yes! <laughs> She's unbelievable. Oh my god. Oh, this second layer of vocals is great. I was just about to say that she's she's doing that, like, walking the fine line of dissonance with her voice. Yeah. But she's not... She's not hitting any wrong notes and she's doing like she's doing the same slide. Yep. Every time she's just like This is another song that is way better when it's just her and a guitar live like Oh, I, oh my god. Yeah, I believe it. She just has that really emotive voice. Yeah. Along the lines of Angel Olsen like they're both very similar, which is why I like them. Like, you can feel every note, like, every lyric. Like, that is good. She can do this deadpan thing, and then all of a sudden she just, like, shoots up. Yeah. But it's, it's been really cool to watch her progress as a, as a performer from somebody who couldn't even, like, look up to now like she like is totally engaged and like that's amazing self-assured but, yeah chicks I mean women are just they're crushing it right now <laughs> crushing it <laughs> chicks and, like, be crushing I mean indie music is 
dominated by female singer songwriters. I think right now. Yeah. Um, the ones that I that I gravitate towards anyway. I mean, there's. I mean, we'll get into the, some guys now too to give the guys a chance, but. Um. <laughs> she's uh Sharon Van Etten's a sweetheart. No, that's good. I um. Yeah, I really want to dive into all of her stuff. <laughs> Did you ever hear? I think, I think me and um, Frank were talking about him last time. Father John Misty, who was, yep, yep, he was the guy from Fleet Foxes, and uh, he's written. I mean, and I just started. I never really gave him a big chance before, and lately I've been diving into his uh, his solo stuff, and it's like, holy shit! How have I dropped the ball on this guy? Um, he just has uh, a totally different sound but I mean he's definitely along the lines of of Ratliff or whatever but right um he has a way better voice Ratliff is good at what he does, but this guy's got a voice like hmm. John Denver. And he goes all over the place with his style. That feels good. Yeah. Very warm and cozy. Beach beach boy vibe. Yeah. Yep. But you know who he really reminds me of? Like, I've listened to some of his heartbreaking shit, and he reminds me of Elton John. Like his some of his stuff that I've, I have to find it from some of his, because uh, he's evolved a little bit. But some of his stuff where it's just him and a guitar, and he also goes by Jay Tillman. So like his name's Joshua Tillman, I think. Mm-hmm. But he goes by Jay Tillman and Father Jay Misty, so he's released albums under both names. <laughs> he sounds like a bit of a megalomaniac. Right. <laughs> you got to love it when artists make it hard for you to find all their work. He <clears throat> takes himself very seriously. Oh, here it is. This was a song that I was like, this is under Jay Tillman. And I was like... Holy shit, this guy can put together a song. His vocals are perfect on here. Something broke through the brindled soul, rattling the grass, spitting like coal. When spit came down across his spine. Terrible fear flew across his eyes. The recording on this is fantastic. Fuck. All right. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't like impressed. It's very the first good. couple songs. Yeah. It's very then good. Then you hear this. I like, wasn't impressed until I heard this. Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. Diamond skin on a hickory pole. Blowing like a curse in the knee-high road. 
It's like a perfect recording as far as his vocals. It's like he's right on top of the microphone. You can hear him like breathing. Yeah, I love when they don't cut that stuff out. Yeah. There's a lot of Tori Amos recordings like that too. Where oh you can, yeah, you can hear her like oh. pursing her lips and breathing. Yeah, and... Little Earthquakes is full of that. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite, pro- one of the best produced albums ever. Yeah, it really is. I have that on vinyl, and I I, I put it on anytime. I'm like, I need to hear something really good. <laughs> it's so good. He just fucking guts you with that. Who will love a loveless thing? It's from 2010. God damn it. I'm like, how did I miss the boat on this guy? <laughs> when did you when did you first really start listening to this? After Frank was here for the last oh. podcast. Oh, wow. He was like, I liked Fleet Foxes, and he was in that group. He wasn't the lead singer, but he was in it. He was the drummer, actually. What? Yeah, he's a drummer. This guy was the he's drummer? He's a fucking drummer, this guy. Shit. Like, why are you hiding this dude behind a drum kit? <laughs> he better be fucking great at drumming. Obviously, he wasn't that great. If he you... didn't last that long with Fleet Foxes. <laughs> he better be fucking great if you're sticking it back there. Yeah, that's... Um, that is a beautiful song. That song, I could... Yeah. That's great. I feel, like, kind of lost for words. Yeah, the whole the album's called Singing Axe, and it's under Jay Tillman, and it just sounds like it's just like it's like a lot like um, Bon Iver's first album, where it's like literally sounds like he was like in the woods in a cabin and just like recorded it like with really good equipment. What's this album called? Uh, Singing Axe. J. Tillman. A.K.A. Father John Misty. <laughs> Father John Misty. Yeah, that's um, that's a lot of really subtle changes in that guitar work. Yeah. That really sets it apart from a lot of, of pop and indie. Like, some really subtle stuff in there that just kind of tears it away and makes it its own thing. Uh, it's very intimate. Mm-hmm. It's a very intimate song and that whole album is like that it's just if you like that kind of stuff and you're in the, the, the head space to listen to it right it's fantastic <clears throat> yeah that's that's some solid sh- uh, we got about 37 minutes of tape left just so you oh, know oh no digital tape oh no just so you know well, we certainly don't, like, I don't even think we need to go into breakup stuff unless you particularly want to, because this is great. For me, I don't know if anybody's going to want to listen. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, this is Father John Misty. I may have to cut out some just long bits of music just to yeah. keep it from getting knocked down. But, oh. Yeah, when you when you if you call yourself Father John Misty and it's probably just an association thing, I get like instantly I think of Reverend Horton Heat and I think of like like it's a personality. Um, but that's certainly not what this sounds like. 
You know, I imagine I'm gonna hear some some tenacious D kind of stuff when you. <laughs> so this sounds like what I was talking about when I said he sounds like Elton John. Mm-hmm. This is very Elton Johnny. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of his a lot of his songs are piano based, other than when he's not playing guitar or drums or yeah, right. <laughs> super talented <laughs> or killing it with the vocals, you know. Trying to figure out there was the one song where I heard on this album where it really roped me in. I have a feeling he's the uh, he's the kind of artist that can pick up an instrument and spend about six minutes with it and be able to play it really well. Like, nice. oh yeah, this is just like this other thing I've played. But he also is really good. Like, this sounds really good. Like mm-hmm. the way it's been produced and like put together. I was living on the yeah. So clean. By the water tower and hiking trail. He has a fantastic voice. Yeah, I was gonna say you can always tell when the producer's not when quite as confident with the voice and they bury it a little bit. They're just like turn it turn it up. Turn the voice up. Yeah. Watchmasters abandon their dogs and dogs run free. A little bit of reverb. Yeah, but it works. It's not Jim James type reverb, but <laughs> he's the king of reverb, Jim James from My Morning Jacket. Oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know his yeah. name. Totally, like every one of their albums is like just bathed in reverb. Oh yeah, like especially he'd be like, oh yeah, it still moves, just it's like a cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> But somehow it works for them. But he's yeah, yeah. His, his voice is ridiculous. It's definitely a sound thing. It's funny. There are times too where um, who wind up putting more reverb in the vocalist's headphones so they can hear themselves with a lot of reverb and they just feel more comfortable because it's fuller and it's bigger. Yeah. You don't always need it when you have the rest of the band, but there's definitely times where it's definitely times where you should be drowning it. Yeah. When it's appropriate. But yeah, this is really subtle. This is nice. <clears throat> it's like that um, that Brendan O'Brien mixes of Pearl Jam that you let me borrow. And you oh. listen to his mixes and he just pulled so much of the reverb off. So good. And just pumped up the bass and the and the vocals and it's like a different album yeah you can hear jeff ahmed yeah i've never listened to the second half of that album so much oh with his side mixes. two is just unbelievable yeah but i digress yeah it's just that similar that like knowing your artist and knowing the sound and yeah and really being able to produce what they're doing is is key so we're gonna switch gears and go to my buddy Nathaniel Ratliff. So this is the um the mm-hmm. album that I've been playing literally nonstop for the past three days. Okay. This is the guy that you shared him with me and I was like, I hate him because he looks like he's not even trying. Yeah. This is uh Once in a Great While off the album In Memory of Loss. Another album where I was like <laughs> How have I not known about this guy? Right. Until recently. Was it what year is this album from? 2010, and then it just got remastered. We're like K 
kill in the 2010. Yeah. This is also a title master high res file, so it sounds really good. In my hesitation, don't you pass? I might be the only fool who cares. Don't you feel like you're under the sway staggering charm? Violin, piano, one was set to carry you and never came. I love what they did with his voice in this song. I was laying hungry, but surprised to be, but yeah. I showed up away. I have goosebumps right now. This song is so good. <laughs> yeah, his voice is definitely a lot less um, theatrical. Theatrical. That's a great word. It's I was going to say dramatic, which is yeah similar, but also yeah. gives off the wrong. Now, Father John Misty is like a you know. This guy's more rustic. Yeah. But still good. But this was that was after you sent me the the link. I did some stuff on YouTube, and it is. He's just like he doesn't even look like he's trying. Yeah, he's like a bum. But it's just it's all just kind of flowing out. It's great. But he does this type music. But then he does like kick ass like heavy blues stuff. Hmm. Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats is the name of the... And the Night Sweats. The blues band. But he's got good range. Yeah. He does the best with what he has. Like, he squeezes every last bit out of his voice. Right. But the orchestration <laughs> of the song is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of muted trumpet in there, and yeah. like, it's great. And I love it when he belts at the end, like he just like gives it to you. Well, tell me it's yeah. It's in your eyes. I had to let that whole song play because it's just so fucking good. <laughs> How um, I've just been listening to that all week what albums uh, does he have that you've been listening to like is he have a whole I mean bunch primarily of... this one I yeah. can't get past this one because it's so good every song is just ridiculously good and it's 17 songs dude Google's listening I typed NAT and his name came up it's creepy um he just put an album out this year 2020 yeah it's it's definitely more um, polished. Oh yeah, in memory of loss. Okay, yeah, this is the one that you sent to me that I've been yeah. listening to. His his current picture is very different than some of his other pictures. 
Oh, screw you, right? <laughs> screw you for not even trying and just belting that shit out. Yeah, he's he's really fucking good, man. And was he part of a was he part of a bigger collective or is no, he been a solo it's him, dude. or him and his band? Yeah, but I think he's concentrating more on like he was doing the blues thing for a while and now it's the new album. I the, I like a couple of the songs on them. Um they're good. They're just different. Like they're mm-hmm. just more like I said they're more polished. Um a little bit more poppy. Right. Like, this one was playing nonstop in one of my feeds for, like, all through COVID. This reminds me of COVID, this whole, this song. <laughs> but it's still a really good song. But it, it kind of sounds too much like a Mumford & Sons song to me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely get some some of those vibes. Ain't all right. Yeah. It's still a good song. Yeah. I just heard it so much. I went pretty hard down the, the Avid Brothers Mumford & Sons path. For a while, I never got into them. I don't know. Yeah, but it it was it was definitely uh, you know while I was working a job with people that were listening to it a lot, and so I got really you know I got really into it then, but um, it didn't really follow me. I kind of stopped listening to them. Every once in a while, I'll play the Dust Bowl song from Mumford and Sons. Now I can't even remember what it's called, but that freaking song. This is Andrew Bird. Andrew Bird. Andrew Bird. The song's Bloodless. This whole album is really, really good. Um, Andrew Bird's another n- new? Um, sort of, yeah. Sort of, kind of. Where was I? I'm just getting, Why? yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just getting into them. This album's from 2019. It's called uh, My Finest Work Yet. That's a bold title. Bold title. <laughs> Huh? But he's been putting out steady albums every year since 2000. Wow, since 2090, since 98. That's 92, he had an album. Oh, shit. I have so much to get caught up on this guy. Right? But. This album caught my eye. This song. Is he just right under Andrew Bird? It's not a. The, he just writes under his name, not under. Yeah, a band. Andrew Bird. This has a uh, the band quality to it. I like that that it doesn't it doesn't rely on the orchestration at all, but. This is very slick, very well yeah. put together. Somebody knows what they're doing. Yeah. Strings, harp. It sounds like a a really wild mix of genres. How much time we got? Twenty minutes. Oh, okay. Left on the we can cram something on the pod. Yeah, we're gonna have to go for um, breakup songs, breakup albums next podcast. Next time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we can do we can do lightning round with new new stuff. Yeah. But I mean, this is so good. You have to put them on your list. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And B-Y-R-D? B-I-R-D. Ah, uh, it was a shot in the dark, but... <laughs> like, stop grabbing your bird. It's another one that popped up in my, uh, my feed the other day, and I had to like it. He opens his eyes, falls in love at first sight with the girl In the doorway, beautiful lines How full of life after thousands of years What a first to wake up to He holds back a sigh that she touches Who is this, Andrew Bird still? Josh Ritter? Joe, right, 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 I forgot we switched one thing you're also convincing me to do is get premium Spotify. Just it's so, so I can worth have it. <laughs> Especially because you can do Spotify Connect so you can send it to your TV or through your computer. Right. You can control it from multiple devices. Like, it's just, it's so worth it. And then the family plan, you can have like four people on it for like the same as a little bit more than what their single is. So. Right. They also have duo plans, so they just switch to like couples since quarantine. <laughs> nice, yeah. Um, we're going to switch gears since we were talking about Mazzy Star earlier oh yeah this is Jay Maskus the lead the lead singer guitarist brainiac of Dinosaur Jr what? also a guitar god doing Fade Into You oh shit Dinosaur Jr. Oh my god. Oh, I love Dinosaur Jr. They were Jr. so underrated. Oh, no, they're not, dude. They're actually, they have a huge cult following. Oh, that's good. Jay Mascus is considered like one of the best guitarists alive. But he does a lot of acoustic stuff now. And he put out an acoustic album like three or four years ago. And it's like, ah, oh, it's so good. Like, he's a shredder, but like, Give him an acoustic guitar, and he's like, just as good. A lot of fancy picking, like. Mm. And I love his take on this song. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast just on Jay Mascus and Dinosaur Jr., dude. Because <laughs> I'm a huge Dinosaur oh, Jr. fan. This is so great. These chords, these chords have been used for plenty of songs, I'm sure. And I hear them, this is the song I still think of. Like, as soon as this started. You knew right away. Yeah. Oh. And then, and then he does a solo at the end, because normally this song is super quick. But he adds, like, a little exclamation part point at the end, and it's awesome. Nice. Kurt Vile toured with him a lot, picked up a lot of stuff. I was going to say, that makes a lot of sense. He's such a ham, uh, dude. He's such a show-off. Uh, it's so good, though. This is going to make me go after, because I don't have any of those old CDs anymore. I've had to rebuy most everything from Dinosaur the Jr. high school age and college age. Yeah, so now I'm going to have to go Spotify back down dog? this. All on there. Going to have to. Oh, that's so good. So this album he put out two years ago called Elastic Days. It's like that, just like another 12 tracks. Like <laughs> he just And it's all original. Oh. 
Nice. And it sounds fantastic. Whatever he did in the, in the, in the this is it. This is the opening song off the album. It's like Dinosaur Jr. acoustic. Right. Which makes a lot of sense to me. And my heart. That's all he's that like, it's really, that's all he's focused on for the past, since they broke up. Right. He's just done his solo career is mostly acoustic. And he's known as like an electric guitar, like, oh, God. sure. Yeah, yeah. But he's put out three acoustic albums. This is the latest one. The first one was okay, but like the one from 2014, Tied to a Star. And this one are... Then he throws in the the electric. It's one of my favorite guitar players. Top 10, easy. He's the king of, like, the noodly solo, like perfectly placed like he just throws them in yeah that kind of that kind of filling out of the sound can get really irritating really fast but he's like he does it so well yeah he somehow pulls it off because <sighs> he knows people want to hear that right because like i love his acoustic guitar but like you want to hear that yeah i guess i never realized he was so good Oh, because he doesn't look like he tries at all. Right. He literally looks like he's homeless. He took it. I took it for granted too. In the and he's age got that like, slacker voice. Like, yeah. like you see him, and you're like, he looks like he's like dead on stage. Like he's not a good performer. Like he literally is just up there, just stands there and just plays. Right. But like the sound that comes out of that guitar is like ridiculous. <laughs> he literally looks like cousin it from the Adams Family. But like ball, <laughs> <laughs> like no air. Oh, that's so good though. Oh, he's he's so good. I mean, as soon as you hear his guitar, you know it's it's him. Very distinctive. Yeah, the last thing I expected to do when I left here was go down a dinosaur junior hole. Yeah, that's where we're going now. That's pretty awesome. Because, you know, there's the king of all dinosaur genius. Yeah. Ah! So 90s! This said the best video, too, where they're all golfing in New York City. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. Where are we at? About five minutes. Five minutes. We're gonna have to just polish it off with Dinosaur Junior. <laughs> That's good. We take the. What are you currently listening to? And it's like, well, now. Well, we, no, we went through a, a good a good bit of. Like, yeah, no, we really some did. new stuff. No, it was great. I just texted myself about eight or nine different artists. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of ground <laughs> uh, for people that are looking for good new music. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of people out there that don't know about Jay Maskus or Dinosaur Junior. Right. And, like, if I can expose people to this awesomeness, yeah, more power to us. Oh! 
I love this switch right here after they do that. Right back into it. Yeah. It's such a perfectly catchy guitar riff through the whole song. Just This is their biggest hit by far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a shame because they have so many other good songs. They do a version of um, Just Like Heaven by The Cure. Oh, man. Have you heard that? No. No, I have not. And it's good. This is a hard song to cover. Very lo-fi, but awesome. All guitar. No synthesizers. My god. That's <laughs> so good. Oh, I love Jay Baskins. It's like the cadence doesn't match the speed of the song. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is like a sped up version of that song. Oh, yeah. But even... And let's say even Robert Smith always sounded like he was just behind the beat. Yeah. But... Where do you hear the chorus? Here it comes. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. Something lonely. Yo! <laughs> it has... He just says, fuck you, I'm doing it my way. That's awesome. It's actually that's actually a perfect place to, to end too. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, Jay Mascus, man. Well, thank you again for uh, giving me a whole slew of stuff to listen to. Yeah, thanks for coming by and letting me uh, wax poetic about all my new music <laughs> and let me play my, my toys for you. I have so much more to get now. I live for that. I love exposing people to new stuff, especially people that will actually um, go home and check it out. Because a lot of people, you know, you're like, hey, man, check out this band. And they're like, yeah. And then the song just stops. Oh, no. And uh, and they're like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, what did you think? And they're like, oh, yeah, dude. I don't even, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even look at that shit. <laughs> so it's like I have to like, be careful who I recommend shit to because I, sure. I get annoyed. I'm like, dude, I just put you on to some good shit. Hopefully we can do uh, breakup stuff, and then find one other, another format tangent for next podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, and uh, we should just do this like every two weeks. We should. And we'll reach. We'll start reaching out for prompts too. Yeah. But I'm sure we got enough. And then we'll get some guests. Some more guests on here. Well, thank you, man. I'll yeah. talk to you again next time. All right. Peace out. <laughs>